0: Today we read from Joshua 7. And so before we do, let's just take a bit of a recap of what occurred just prior to this in Joshua 6. Because the Lord gave um, Jericho to the people of Israel. And there was victory. And Jericho was destroyed with the exception of Rahab and her family. So the Lord then gave the people of Israel a command. They destroyed Jericho and he said to the people... Everything was to be devoted to the Lord. You can read that in chapter 6, verse 17. That means everything was either to be completely destroyed or put into the treasury of the Lord. None of the Israelites were to take anything from Jericho. And if they did, this would bring utter destruction to that person or the family. And Israel would be liable for any troubles upon them. Chapter 6, verse 18. And Joshua went further, in fact, to curse anybody who would rebuild this city of Jericho. Because this city represented sin, it represented evil. And the Lord wanted to remove any possibility of this sin tainting the nation of Israel. Israel, who was his chosen and holy people. So we will be reading from Joshua 7 in a moment. And before we do, let's come to God in prayer. Lord, we give you thanks for your word and for the book of Joshua, for a book that encourages us even today. And as we read from this chapter today, it may leave us with some questions, but we pray too that it will leave us with answers, answers of your grace and hope. Bless the reading and the preaching and the listening of your word, and we pray this in the name of Jesus, amen. Joshua 7. But the Israelites were unfaithful in regard to the devoted things. Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of them. So the Lord's anger burned against Israel. Now Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is near Beth-Avon, to the east of Bethel, and told them, go up and spy out the region. So the men went up and spied out Ai. When they returned to Joshua, they said, Not all the army will have to go up against Ai. Just send two or three thousand men to take it, and don't weary the whole army, for only a few people live there. So about three thousand went up, but they were routed by the men of Ai, who killed about thirty-six of them. They chased the Israelites from the city gate as far as the stone quarries and struck them down on the slopes. At this, the hearts of the people melted in fear and became like water." Then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord, remaining there till evening. The elders of Israel did the same and sprinkled dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, sovereign Lord, why did you ever bring this people across the Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites to destroy us? If only we had been content to stay on the other side of the Jordan. Pardon your servant, Lord. What can I say now that Israel has been routed by its enemies? The Canaanites and the other people of the country will hear about this, and they will surround us and wipe out our name from the earth. And what then will you do for your own great name? The Lord said to Joshua Stand up. What are you doing on your face? Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant, which I commanded them to keep. They've taken some of the devoted things. They've stolen. They've lied. They've put them with their own possessions, and that's why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. They turn their backs and run because they have been made liable to destruction. I will not be with you anymore unless you destroy whatever among you is devoted to destruction. Go consecrate the people, Tell them, consecrate yourselves in preparation for tomorrow. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There are devoted things among you, Israel. You cannot stand against your enemies until you remove them. In the morning, present yourselves tribe by tribe. And the tribe the Lord chooses shall come forward clan by clan. And the clan the Lord chooses shall come forward family by family. And the family the Lord chooses shall come forward man by man. Whoever is caught with the devoted things shall be destroyed by fire along with all that belongs to him. He has violated the covenant of the Lord and has done an outrageous thing in Israel. Early the next morning, Joshua had Israel come forward by tribes, and Judah was chosen. The clans of Judah came forward, and the Zerahites were chosen. He had the clan of the Zerahites come forward by families, and Zimri was chosen, and Joshua had his family come forward, man by man, and Achan, son of Carmi, the son of Zimri, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, was chosen. Then Joshua said to Achan, My son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and honor him. Tell me what you've done. Do not hide it from me. Achan replied, It is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. And this is what I've done. When I saw in the plunder a beautiful robe from Babylonia, 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, I coveted them. And took them, and they're hidden in the ground inside my tent, with the silver underneath. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and there it was, hidden in the tent, with the silver underneath. They took the things from the tent, brought them to Joshua and all the Israelites, and spread them out before the Lord. Then Joshua, together with all Israel, took Achan, son of Zerah, the silver, the robe, the gold bar, his sons and daughters, his cattle, donkeys, and sheep, his tent, and all that he had, to the valley of Acor. And Joshua said, Why have you brought this trouble on us? The Lord will bring trouble on you today. Then all Israel stoned him, and after they had stoned the rest, they burned them. Over Achan they heaped up a large pile of rocks, which remains to this day. Then the Lord turned from his fierce anger. Therefore that place has been called the Valley of Achor ever since. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to our God. So Joshua 6 and 7 is a overall another biblical story that moves from the thrill of victory to the agony of defeat. I mean, when you think about it, it's not much different from other stories in Scripture. I mean, even the creation story, it's a thrill of victory through a perfect world being created. But then the entrance of sin into the world results in the agony of defeat. As mentioned earlier, uh, in chapter 6, the Israel nation just had conquered Jericho, and there was no loss of life among the Israelites. The Lord God gave Israel victory even before they took over this city of Jericho. And then we begin to read in chapter 7, which begins verse 1, with that ominous word, but. And chapter 7 immediately sets the stage for the defeat, But. The Israelites were unfaithful in regard to devoted things. This points us to God's command in chapter 6, verse 18. Keep away from the devoted things, so that you will not bring about your own destruction by taking any of them. Otherwise, you will make the camp of Israel liable to destruction and bring trouble on it. Israel had victory. And almost immediately following that, Israel has defeat. And the defeat is evident when Israel continues to go on God's mission and they take over this next city that they're instructed to, which is Ai. The spies come back to Joshua, say that this city of Ai is quite small, Israel doesn't have to tire out the whole army, and they, so they don't need to send the whole army. Joshua sends about 3,000 men to take over the city. Again, this should have been another easy victory with God on their side. And God was still on their side, but there was also sin, the sin that was standing in the way. So there was not victory, there was defeat. And the people of Ai, they weren't conquered. Israel was routed by Ai. Israel fled on account of Ai pursuing them, and about 36 people of Israel were killed. And then the Israelites became afraid. Within this short period of time, things went rather sideways. From a recent victory, something went wrong. So Joshua and the people began to cry out. They cried out to God and asked him why God delivered Israel into the hands of the Amorites. In fact, Joshua questioned God why God had them even cross the Jordan River. They should have just stayed on the other side where there was no enemies. Because now the other nations, they're going to hear about this defeat. And they're they're going to want to wipe out Israel. And then Joshua also questions what this will do to God's great name. This becomes somewhat of a blame towards God. Who, Joshua says, made all this happen. But God sets the story straight. And he says, Israel has sinned. He didn't say Achan sinned. Israel sinned. As we read on in the story, we realize, of course, that only one person sinned, but sin has a way of impacting not only the one person, but their family and the nation. And as the story goes on, this sin needs to be dealt with, and Achan and his family, they get removed completely from Israel. In a sense, it's kind of like, I guess... Contact tracing with COVID to determine who's the carrier. God does this contact tracing with Israel's sin to determine who was the carrier. Sin permeates. Well, okay, let's first deal with the brutality of this passage. Achan sinned. He coveted some of the goods of Jericho and he took them back with him. I mean, who doesn't covet? He was busted. He got caught. And he, he confessed. But then Achan and everything he owned and his whole family was completely destroyed and killed. He and his family, they were stoned to death and then burned. Just as Jericho was removed for a purpose, so was Achan and his family for a similar purpose. And this is brutal. I'm not going to make excuses for Scripture. Scripture can defend itself. It doesn't need me or you to do that. But this is again another story like the destruction of Jericho for Israel and for all God's people to understand the danger of sin and its consequences. This story, as brutal as it is, gives us a seriousness of what it means that God is holy. And how God desires his people to be holy. And so God will do what is necessary to remove sin and remove evil. And yeah, in the Old Testament, it was utter destruction at times. Cleanliness and purity were necessary to worship God. And these are the days, of course, before Jesus. These are the days of of Leviticus and where there were many rules. And you can read the book of Leviticus and just all the rules that are listed there. And then people had all these rules to live by. And God gave the people these commands and these commands were not for sport. They weren't for fun. These commands were to honor a holy God. These commands were created because God was holy and God wanted his people to remain holy. Holiness would continue the line of israel sin could ultimately destroy the line so when destruction and death occurred there were basically two reasons one was because punishment had to occur for evil practices whether there was evil within a city or within a person there were always consequences and punishment followed Secondly, sin had to be completely removed so it would not impact and affect the rest of the people. Again, sin can easily permeate and find its way into the community. So there is punishment for sin and removal of sin. Scripture refers to consequences of sin even well before this in the giving of the Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, verse 5, God states that sin will result in punishment for the sin of the parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me. You see how sin has a way of trickling down. Achan's sin represented the greed and selfishness of humanity and how this can easily permeate throughout the family and throughout the nation. Joshua indicated that sin would bring trouble to the troubler. The crime was done by one person and yet the whole nation was guilty. God hates sin. God hates disobedience. God hates evil. As we go back to the children's message early in the service, how putting food in how putting in cat food rather would destroy the whole batch of brownies. Just a little bit of cat food would destroy it. Take it a step further. Take a look at a poisonous substance. Poison is poisonous. And even if poison is diluted with water, it's still poisonous. Or one rotten apple affects the apples around it. Alcohol in a drink affects the whole drink. Yeast in the dough affects the whole batch. Do not underestimate the impact that our sins have on ourselves and upon one another. Israel has sinned. Israel has violated the covenant. And so we see in this passage that sin brings defeat, ruin and failure to this nation. And sin can prevent God's kingdom from growing, growing. It can prevent God's church from growing. Well, in verse 12, the people cannot stand against their enemies when there is sin in the way. Furthermore, God goes further to say that that he will not be with them unless they destroy what is corrupting them. So again, you can see how serious sin is. Now, the sin of Achan... If you think about it, it's occurring in this story of Joshua, which we said is a story of new beginnings. So the sin of Achan is is occurring in this story of new beginnings. And this story parallels other stories of beginnings. Look at the creation of Adam and Eve with the first sin of creation. They disobeyed God from eating from a tree that God strictly said, Do not eat. And they were removed from the garden before they could do further damage to themselves and to the rest of the world. The sin was done by one person. It brought guilt on the whole creation. Every every created thing, every human being became sinful. Every person was liable for the sin of Adam. Every person was liable for punishment. The sin of Achan parallels the story of Ananias and Sapphira centuries later in Acts 5. Their sin occurred with the beginning of the New Testament church. Ananias and Sapphira lied to Peter and to God about giving money to the church. They were destroyed before the sin could permeate the rest of the church. So here we have Achan's sin. Achan's sin occurred at this new beginning. Israel entered the promised land. And the people need to understand how sin can destroy and can impact beyond just ourselves. It seems that first sins with new beginnings sometimes receive some harder judgment. Maybe so. But with all sin comes punishment. Achan admitted, Achan admitted what he did, and he acknowledged his wrongs. But God already said that anyone who disobeyed would be punished, and Israel would be punished. Israel lost the battle to Ai, and they lost 36 of their members. Achan and his family were killed. And the possessions were taken back. There's punishment for sin. You see, if God ignored sin, he would not be a holy God. So God does not ignore sin. Again, God hates sin. Sins of the people and sins of nations need to be dealt with before further damage and defeat is done. And so when we begin to think about this story, we can probably see that there's an aching in all of us. Because we all sin. We all disobey God. We all try to cover up things just like Achan. And we all deserve punishment for our sins. Scripture clearly states that. Our disobedience to God has to be dealt with. And so God deals with our sins the same way that he did in the past. Death. Death has come on account of our sins as well death is still the punishment that has not changed but thankfully we are in the 21st century we are on this side of the cross and what that means is there has been a substitute for the death on account of our sins we do not take the punishment of death upon us we have someone pay for that punishment And God's one and only Son took upon him the punishment and the sins of all God's sons and daughters through his death. You see, sin entered this world on account of one person. And is it fair that one person's sins impacted so many other people? No, I don't think so. It's not fair. Sin has a huge impact on people. But salvation entered on account of one person. Is it fair that one person's death impacted so many people? Probably not either. It's not fair. But we can thank God that it's not fair. We can thank God for the brutal death of his son on the cross. We can thank God that we have been given a substitute to take our place and punishment of death for our sins. Romans 5.12, New Testament book by Paul. We read these words, Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. And we continue reading with Romans 5.15, For if the many died by the trespasses the sins of the one man, how much more did God's grace... And the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many. Sin of one person permeates through all people. But God's amazing grace overflows to God's people in abundance. So people, in this story, in Joshua 6 and 7, we see the thrill of victory lead to the agony of defeat. And as we continue the story, through the brutality of the Old Testament stories, and through the brutality of the New Testament, we see the defeat turn into victory again through God's one and only Son, Jesus Christ, and His brutal death on the cross. A victory of Israel in conquering Jericho to a deadly defeat of Israel with fleeing from Ai to another amazing victory through the line of Israel, through God's Son, Jesus Christ, conquering sin and death. So people, we do sin. And we do need to confess. And yes, our sin has consequences and punishment. Achan had to pay for his own punishment. And today we have Jesus Christ who has paid for our punishment. Through God's action through his son Jesus Christ and his one act on the cross, one man brought life and victory to the world and we are called to respond in faith and follow this one man, one savior, Jesus Christ. So don't underestimate the power of sin to trickle into our lives. And to trickle into the lives of others. Today sin is just as prevalent. And today we are still called to be holy. Because God is holy. But we can also not underestimate the power of God. And the power of his grace to bring forgiveness and salvation to his people. Receive God's amazing grace. And have faith in Jesus. Who is a substitute. For all your sins. And together, let's respond in obedience and thanksgiving and sharing this great news with others. Amen. Let's pray together. Father God, we know that sin is a destroyer when it comes to our relationships with others and with you. Sin permeates all of us and all of creation, and sometimes we may feel defeated. But you, Lord, have given us victory. You have given us victory through Jesus. And when sin has a way of damaging things, you have your way of reconciling things and restoring things, and you forgive us. We bless you and we praise you, and may we respond in thanksgiving and gratitude for all that you have done for us through Jesus. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.